You are listening to an episode of Red Hill Stories, discussions about faith, life, and Jesus. If you'd like to catch up on our other episodes, you can go to redhillschurch.com stories, or you can check us out on iTunes and on Spotify. Now, on to the next episode. Welcome to another episode of Red Hill Stories. On this episode, I'm honored to have with me Mr. James Hughes. Honored. 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 I always forget to say my name's Lyle Walker. I always forget that. I'm James Hughes. (laughs) I always always, forget I'm a host, and I don't want to seem like it's about me, so I'll forget my name, but then people are like, who is this dude talking? Anyways, I'm Lyle Walker. This is James Hughes. This is Red Hill Stories. What's up? Excited for you to be here, buddy. Yeah, man. It's good. Yeah. Being here in my house I used to run in when I was a kid. I know. I was just telling some people we had Romans over here last night, and I was telling some new folk how the first time you were here, you sat in our living room kind of in this weird mood. It was was very strange for like the first 45 minutes. I didn't really know who you were at that time. (laughs) You had just come to church, and I was like, you shown to my house. It was this guy like wide-eyed staring at yeah, every detail like, of my home very awkward moments <laughs> no it's uh this is my my just about childhood best friend's house and i mean we lived right behind you and yeah, right yeah. here and and uh, i spent so many nights and weekends here and they'd watch us my parents would go out of town for a week and i'd stay here at this house with them <laughs> while they were out of town and, that yeah. is like one of the more Killarn acres tallahassee stories yes. that could possibly be ever told absolutely come circle around what is that in 20 years no 30 say 20 no 20 last yeah. time i stayed here yeah i was probably 11 10 11 12 maybe. okay yeah you're 38 yeah 38 yeah, yeah so it was a long time ago, <laughs> twenty-five, a quarter century. Whoa, it's a cat. Yeah, you may there hear pets here. Sorry, yeah, yeah, guys. yeah. On our podcast, you may hear a random meow or bark or whatever. So we are family, family of animals and small children. <clears throat> um, so, anyways, yeah. So, thanks for coming on the podcast. I love, I love doing this because it's an in- interesting way of getting to know people. Because, like, okay, someone like you, James, right? So you are. Outside of Marshall, in any given church, the worship leader is typically going to be the most visible second person outside yeah. of the head pastor. Yeah. So most people would say, oh, I know who James Hughes is. Yeah. Like they know you, the person, maybe the name, the face. So yeah. I thought it would be cool to have you on so you could go just a little bit more in detail. I mean, you, I think you had that one Sunday where you gave a little bit of context to your story, but I figured this would be a, a really cool way for you to introduce yourself further. Yeah, to the community yeah. of Red Hills and maybe even beyond, for them to be able to get that story um, and get a little context to who you are beyond just a guy with a guitar. Yeah, it's it's um, there's definitely kind of this artificial bubble that you're in when you're on the worship team, especially if you're serving like I am virtually every week. You, yeah, you yeah. don't really get this many opportunities on Sunday to connect with people. So. Um, obviously this is a one-sided thing, a podcast, you know, but yeah, it's, right. it's better than, you know, better than not. Well, I guess. The, the goal would be that somebody who listened to this can now see you at church and go, Oh, I know that guy just a little bit more. Maybe yes. He's less scared. Not scared. Well, it's true. I mean, I have that facial expression that I always look angry. <laughs> so that's it's, right. uh, yeah. So that's, I just figured we might as well get that out. Yeah, during, sure. It's a great opportunity to talk about that. Yeah, sure. I'm not really that angry. No. Some people have that resting face. Well, avoid the um the middle word there but uh yeah. i have the same thing if you get into kind of like a 
a very like serious, like almost church mode. I call it church mode. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're in the middle of whatever thing you're thinking about and you have to be able to come in and out of that as you approach new people. It happens all the well, time. In our family, we call it gorilla face because gorilla face. my daughter has it too. And okay. when we're, if we're like thinking about something or if we're focused on something, it has nothing to do with our mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that our brain is distracted or That's is right. really concentrating on something and Absolutely. we just purse our lips and yeah, yeah. kind of frown if, and we look angry yeah yeah my brain's just smaller than other people so when i'm thinking hard i just i just have to really right think, and there's right? a burning smell That's you can right. tell exactly. smoke coming exactly. out of my ears yeah. yeah yeah so okay so we already kind of did this a little bit but give the people a little bit of something about james shoes that either very few people know about or just something sure. a little bit a little bit more um, I'm from Tallahassee. Well, I grew up here. I'm originally from Miami. Um, but I, um, I moved away twice and came back both times. Mm. So there's that proverbial Tallahassee story of every time you move away, you come back. Well, I did That's it two a, times, right? And both times. You know, here I am. The last okay. time was supposed to be for no more than six months. And that was 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm just coming back just to kind of get things. Yep, get things settled. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, then be on my merry way. And, and that was 15 years <laughs> 15 ago. 15 years. 15 yeah. times 12 months. Yeah, right. It's a lot of months. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm not from Tallahassee, right? Right. But I consider this my home. And I do find it awesome that people who've just been like, this is my home. I've lived here my entire life. Mm-hmm. They, there's there, Those people truly have a love for Tallahassee that goes beyond even my own, which I do love this town, but mm-hmm. there's there's the, like Tallahassee folk, and you are definitely one of those people. Yeah, I I, I guess I am kind of a townie. I mean, yeah, I live yeah, absolutely. I've walked here. I live within a, a casual walking distance of the house I grew up in. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. So I mean, you you remember Tallahassee in a way that probably very few people. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Thomasville Road was two lanes. Yeah, Capitol Circle was. You know, both of them were one lane each way. There was, right. uh, I mean, Bannerman was the boonies. There was nothing. Yeah. Absolute. Once you passed Killarney Estates and McClay, uh, the entrance of the park in the neighborhood, there was literally nothing until you got to Thomasville, Georgia. I remember when Bradfordville was nothing. But I do, <clears throat> when we first moved here in like 98, um, Thomasville Road has, was just finished. The four lanes yeah, all the way right. out. And Capitol Circle, I remember when the cones that mm-hmm. were all over Capitol Circle and Mayhem. Yep. That was my first experience of Tallahassee. Yep. Um, so I don't remember this, that, <clears throat> that super small town mm-hmm. feel, but yeah, anyways, I mean, I remember Velda Dairy being a dirt road. <laughs> I remember nice. when they, cu- when they oh, cut, nice. uh, carry forest from Shannon Lakes to Velda Dairy and it didn't go up the hill. Mm. It went just to Velda Dairy for God, 20 or 15, 20 years. That's that crazy. was it. And they That's crazy. built the gas station yeah. in Four Oaks and whatever. Just a booming city. This is so a metropolis. That's, that's right. right. We got a Domino's. <laughs> we right. got a Domino's north of I-10. We were... When the publics came in, you know, it was Shut all it down. There. Yeah, Shut right. it that's down. Right. Okay. So what is your story, man? Like, like, what, where does it all begin for you? Um, Outside of Tallahassee. I mean, it, it all kind of comes, it all comes full circle back to Tallahassee. I mean, really. Yeah, I, mean, it, I mean, outside of Tallahassee, there's, there's a lot, but it all kind of like a, a boomerangs back over and over again to here. Um, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, right out, out that window that we're yeah, looking yeah. at right there. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but church was what is now community Christian school mm-hmm. was yeah, yeah. our uh, family church and uh, went to a school there. It was also covenant community school at the time. Mm. 
and then went to North Florida Christian School and um, then uh, did dual enrolling at TCC like the first year they the state authorized it for like um, 11th and 12th grade. So that's how I finished up high school was at uh, TCC. Mm. But um, grew up at Wildwood Presbyterian Church through most of my life. Um, uh, in, you know, grew up in the church in the youth group. Um, really in, always involved in music of some sort. My mom was a worship leader. My mm. dad uh, and mom were both uh, youth directors. Um, kind of came to the Lord, uh, which uh, you know, we can get more detail later, but came to the Lord when I uh, was 13, mm. just before my 14th birthday at summer camp. Um, and just kind of, you know, uh, faith has always kind of just been a part of my life, but it's, uh, taken on a different meaning and a different depth at very uh, specific intervals <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, of, of life. Relationships start off on Facebook with faith, complicated. That's exactly, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it's been, and it's all and it's complicated. It's always been there. I, I, it's my relationship vertically with the Lord has always maintained its. It's always been there and has never really. It never went away. It, mm-hmm. It's the horizontal part for me of mm. faith. It's with other people. Um, it's with the church as mm. a whole that has kind of uh, fluctuated over time. Yeah. Uh, and, and for a while, just completely, I mean, really just went away mm. um, outside of a very, very, very small select group of, of people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, we can, we can get into that a little bit more. Right, it was a little heavy this early. Yeah, it's it's going to be a three-hour episode, guys. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so what was your childhood like? So you lived, so you lived in Tallahassee. Yep. What was that? You, you know, you went to uh, community Christian school here locally. Yeah, so what was you know, that like? Was pretty typical. Right. Summers in Rangoon. <laughs> <laughs> good reference. Good reference. Placed in a burlap sack. Like, okay. um, no, we. Um, you had a very typical American white bread kind of upbringing um, until about high school, maybe eighth, maybe eighth grade, ninth grade. Um, lived in a neighborhood here with, you know, all of our friends that we went to church with. You, you know, we always knew we'd go outside and we'd be gone all day. Yeah, and, yeah. and you'd land at somebody's house for lunch and all the kids in the neighborhood would be at the same house and peanut butter and jelly. And yeah, yeah, yeah. if you ever had a problem, you knew somebody would call your parents and you'd be good to go. And, right, and right. That was, it was very, it was just a charmed existence. And then um, at one point um, we had some internal issues in the family, some financial stuff. My dad, um, the so stuff with his business that that went a little sideways, and that got a little a little dicey, and um, things at home began to unravel behind the scenes. No one knew about, you know, it was mm-hmm. very much um, behind closed doors. And um, uh, there's some uh, my father struggled with some health issues mm-hmm. and and some things that um, had a big impact on our family. So I. Um, Kind of just got real active in youth group and and um, at summer camp. Uh, one year, really, was at an international camp um, up in North Carolina, and around a fire uh, one night, a bonfire. Some some guys from uh, Russia, former uh, guys from the Russian mob, actually, okay, uh, gave their testimonies. Yeah, yeah, and wow. uh, you know, I I remember I've had two I had two experiences, two encounters with. Um, what I believe is is a, a manifestation of the divine, like a direct mm. thing, and, and that was the first one. And I remember 
sitting around this fire in the middle of the night on a, on a mountainside and it just got really bright. I mean, it just, I just, in front of me, it was like, a, I was like hallucinating that fire just got brighter and brighter and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, that's when that I, I, I gave my heart to the Lord. That was 13, 13, 13 years old. Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, the second time was, uh, later on, um, was at, uh, Brownsville, uh, over in Pensacola. Okay. She had a really cool experience right. there. So, um, so we're two out of three in the podcast. People have an experience in Brownsville. So yeah, this is I heard that. Like, yeah, yeah, I listened yeah. to Jameson's episode, and, and I was like, oh, he was, wow, okay, around the same yeah, time, yeah. late 90s. I was, Absolutely. Yeah, I was yeah. there, and, and I remember being skeptical or going in yeah, yeah. skeptical. But yeah. anyway. Um, like most of us. Yeah, and then I, and when he, when he uh, I remember thinking about it, and he said, hey, the guy laid the blanket on me. I was like, yes, somebody else remembers having a blanket on <laughs> yeah, me. I, yeah. I, I thought, okay, yeah. Anyway, there's a name for it and I can't come to my brain. It's modesty. Like, yeah. Modesty. Something blanket. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, grew up there. Um, family was, you know, was, was, what family was pretty stable, you know, a right. two parent household, whatever. Um, and, and just kind of, gosh, just kind of those kids that grew up in the church forever. Mm-hmm. Um, like were yeah. your parents, like both of your parents believers, like, like both my parents are believers. Yeah. Believers. Okay. Yep. They are both my parents are believers, um, very active in, in our in our church and all that, and um, very active at home too. I mean, it wasn't like we were spiritual at church and we weren't at home. Right, right, it was, right, right, right. Um, you know, my parents did the best their best to walk the walk as much as they could, just to be right. authentic people as yeah, much yeah. as they were able to. Um, uh, you know, my father, I and I, I, I don't want to get into it too much no, for his sake, but right. he struggled with some things and mm. uh, he did his best, but. Yeah. Um, he was not, he's not a perfect man. So coming out of like adolescence, you get saved at 13. That's middle school. That's those awkward years, right? Yes. And then you get into like high school. Now, we won't go too deep into the, the odd connections that you and I have that we have. It's so funny, like Jared. All the friends we had and we never knew each other. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, didn't, I didn't know who Jared was. And then right. we find out we all knew the same people. It was just a weird way Tallahassee Ooh. worked. But in high school, you went to, you said North Florida, Christian? Yeah, that's where actually Marshall and I knew each other. Right, right. Marshall and I, he was a grade ahead of me. Um, his younger sister, Lauren, and my sister were pretty good friends, became mm-hmm. really good friends. Marshall and I never clicked. We're yeah. just different people in different places, and he was a lot taller than I was. And I <laughs> go I, figure. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm just from different places. That's right. So, what was that like? I mean, what was high school like for you? I know you. When did you get into music? Like, when did music yeah. become a thing for you? Um, grow, you know, growing up, I was always. I mean, from gosh, my, my pictures from when I was a almost an infant um, at band practice with my mom, uh, mm-hmm. worship practice. Um, and my mom was on the real front end of what we would now call modern worship. So we didn't we didn't come from more traditional choir and all that. Mm. We came from um, drums and acoustic guitars yeah, and, yeah. and all that. So like a vineyard style, like yeah. Vineyard, well, vineyard, vineyard, vineyard Morningstar. Yeah. Okay, Morningstar yes. was was probably was a little before Vineyard, so that was probably the big influence. Yeah, yeah. late nineties. Yep. Um, so she came out of that, and um, I in middle school just started hanging around the church worship and. One time there was a Sunday uh, where they knew I played guitar and they said, hey, uh, our sound guy didn't show up. So guess what? You're running sound. <laughs> That's how I first got into music was actually through the production side. Nice. Yeah. That's funny. Same, same here. Was I, was, really? I was unsaved at Agape Life Fellowship here in town. 
running sound, never mm-hmm. running sound before in my life, mm-hmm. and I would just sit there at the front and I, you know, play with knobs. That really? Was my, that was my in- first introduction to before I was even saved. Oh wow! So when did, did you did you play any bands? Like what was that? What, yeah. So I, well, at the when I first did sound, I I didn't. Um, I started picking up a guitar around that time, an acoustic guitar. And then my next door neighbor actually was a uh, professional drummer, session drummer, and was like new John Mayer. I mean, at the time, I didn't understand what all hey, that hey, meant, hey. but he, he's in Nashville now. He's a big session guy, yeah, famous yeah. guy now. But um, I started mowing his grass in exchange for drum lessons. And okay. so I was 13, 14, right around the time I got saved, I started picking up the guitar, learning Hootie and the Blowfish covers, playing nice. drums to some Creed, because yeah, they yeah. were big at the time. Mm. Yeah, you know. And... Um, Really got into it there. And then church uh, youth group music started firing up. That was all new. I mean, that uh, yeah. at, at, it was like right place at right time. If, if it had been two, three years older or, or earlier, I'd have missed it. Mm. But it was just right in the right place at that right time when all that was just starting to happen. Just yeah, starting yeah. to have music at youth group. What, before that, it was, what, what's this? Maybe an acoustic guitar at the most. I mean, at the most. I mean, yeah, yeah. actually more like, hey, be in there for worship, and then youth leave and go do your own thing. Right, right. Instead so of you're, So you're, okay, so I'm trying to track this through. So you're sure. 13. 13, yep. You get, you get saved. You're yep. playing in some worship bands. You're in high school now. Like, where then, does life take you from yeah, there? Yeah, so then a couple of guys, um, so then a couple of guys, uh, our, our youth group at, um, uh, Wild, I grew up at Wild. Our youth group was like 200 students at the time. It was huge. We got really close with Clarine at a Methodist youth group, and mm-hmm. they had a big youth group. And yeah, we started yeah. doing trips together and all this. So a couple of guys from over there knew I played music at Wildwood's youth, and they said, hey, we're going to start a band, and would you be interested in, in, in hanging out with us? I was like, yeah, sure. So I played with them. We were a hardcore screamo band. I did nice. one show. I did two shows with them, and then the band just kind of broke up. And then a couple other guys said, hey, you want to play? And we just started jamming. And it just kind of, different people came in and out. We just kind of morphed it, kind of morphed into this Christian, high school Christian rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then some other guys approached me and we started, they said, hey, we want to do a band. You want to, you know, sit, play with us? I was like, sure. And um, <clears throat> start off as a drummer mm-hmm. and um, became a singer and lineup changed. And we, we, we became a band and we started playing around Florida, actually, and Got on X1.5, the oh, locals wow. only thing, and yeah, yeah. back when that was going on, and really did well um, for ourselves, and we had a good time. That was what was the name of the band? Five K Full, <laughs> and we played with another band called the Caspians. If anybody yes. remembers those guys, absolutely. This was early. I mean, this was like this was what the Sun Club and Cafe. We yeah. opened for Skillet back when Skillet was like when Christian rock was still yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. underground type of thing and and um so like you played the wildwood fest and all that kind of stuff. actually wildwood fest was my my brainchild actually really? yeah i would had um we did that after that was a couple a little bit later that was in the early 2000s mm-hmm. but um yeah we so we had uh what was it beneath his feet and loose change and loose change damn. all those guys you know our our whole age group that did yeah, their yeah. thing and Anyway, good times, good times. It was good times. It was good times. It was good times. So you, you you're getting out of high school. You're yeah. in these bands, and I, I remember you telling me something about you traveled for a number of years as a not a not a roadie, but like you you would you would yeah. run production, right? <laughs> Doing production. So I got um, one time I got a call to come to a conference to um, be for a week long to be the in ear monitor guy for this new band that no one had ever heard of but we're excited about called Sonic Flood. Oh wow. And they they hadn't made a record or the record hadn't released yet. It was about to and 
all this hype. And so I went there and did that with those guys come to find out it was DC talks backing band. And, yeah, yeah. you know, so I did that. And then from that conference, another traveling group uh, named Buck, they were from Michigan, uh, Christian on artists. Anyway, they just, they asked me, they picked me up and they said, Hey, come on, come on the road with us. So hmm. away I went first time moving away from right. Tallahassee. It was the first time. And, right. um, just spent uh, some time out on the road in the Christian music scene, doing the big festivals and, and working with a lot of names and doing some pretty interesting stuff. It was a lot of fun. So during that time, where was that? You said you were talking earlier about there was a vertical and then the horizontal you yeah. in your faith. Like mm-hmm. where were you at in that time? Because I mean, I know, I mean, so many of us have this experience when sure. we're like 13, 14, 15. And it, it, it's not that it doesn't last. We get hooked. Sure. But there's that that intimacy, that, sure. that long, where I can just I'll plow through all the temptations and all that stuff. <clears throat> From so many of us, it doesn't last. I think with me, it was at that point, I was actually in a pretty good place. Mm. Um, I, had a, I had a really strong foundation um, through my family. Um, theologically, our, our family was, um, was really into studying the word together and then um, talking about it. And then our church was really into it. So I, I felt like I had a pretty good... Um, I was in a good place. Yeah, um, yeah. I was in, had had come from a really tight, good community of people that really encouraged each other and did really yeah, yeah. well at, at that time. Yeah, yeah. So, so you get out of the. And the then I went on the road and saw what it was like. Yes. <laughs> and when you get out of that, certain little names bubble. have been changed to protect the innocent. That's but right. There's there's a lot of lot of lot of folks that all of us have had know of that. It's very different when you are on the tour bus. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're you're, I mean, Tallahassee in in essence is a little bubble. Yeah, you know, if you if you don't go down, say, down by campus or something like that, yeah. where you can get plenty of debauchery going on. Right, right. But for the most part, you can get trapped, especially in like the little Christian youth group bubble. Well, no, I mean, this was in Christian music. I mean, this oh, is yeah. this. I'm talking about when I was out on the road on yeah, tour yeah. with. These big A-list CCM Dove Award-winning bands, the stuff that goes on, yeah, would shock you. Would shock, yeah, yeah. Because was, I mean, at the, at, at the heart of it, we're still humans, right? And those we are, and yeah, we are. And and what's interesting is at that time, the record industry was coming down, but Christian music was had just become a billion-dollar industry in yeah, 1999, yeah, yeah. and so all these like. Producers and musicians were jumping ship from secular into Christian. So half, basically half people that were in it at the time were not even believers. Well, remember and I don't know if it's like that now because I'm not in it, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad. I remember the big, the big story when, when I was in high school was jars of clay getting busted smoking. Not pot, smoking cigarettes that and drinking. That yeah. was common. Th- but I'm three saying like that, was, of, yeah, that, that was, was like this big controversial yeah, like, like thing <clears throat> because jars of clay, what we, we held up on such high... You know, a pedestal. Yeah, smoking and drinking. Yeah. So the, I mean, it was an industry. It quickly, it very, very quickly became an industry like anything else. Mm. Um, it ran right in front of my eyes. I, I mean, I, I feel like I was there and watched it happen. Yeah, yeah. I remember it was starting out with it being this kind of new, cool thing that was really inspiring people to do work and modern worship, all that. Within two years, it turned into a billion-dollar business yeah, and. Yeah. But what did that what, what did that do to like yeah, faith that, James, you know? <clears throat> um it began the jaded process. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it really it, it it was kind of my first foray outside that bubble you talked about. You yeah, know, yeah. To see, you know, my I became face to face with the inauthentic mm. within 
Christianity. And I was not equipped really to handle that Mm. at the time. Um, Because we, you know, growing up in such a bubble here, um, I, it, it didn't completely rock me to my core, but it, it definitely made me rethink the trajectory of my uh, my life. Like, I mean, I had an, I had multiple offers to go to Europe and do all this stuff, and I just went no, and I just mm. turned around, and quit the whole business, and came back home hmm. because I was like, I was I was disgusted. Hmm. Um, but I think, in looking back, it was it was that a first kind of like tinge, kind of took the wind out of my sails, maybe more yeah. than I realized at the time. Knocked the shine off of it? A little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So what about the Navy? So you, how did you, cause this is, it's, a, it's almost a bizarre term of events. Not bizarre, <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's a pretty dramatic. How about, how about this? So you're in. It's a pivot. Definitely. Pivot. Definitely right, pivot right, from right. rock and roll to uh, yeah, that's right. spit and polish. That's yeah. right. And that's not uncommon. I think a lot of people go to the military to find yeah. structure. Well, Pat Tillman, Army Ranger that's right. to uh, uh, NFL, NFL to Army Ranger. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So what was what what led to that decision? Like where do you go from, sure. like you said, sound guy, music, rock and roll? Yeah, to- so I, you know, I grew up uh, here in a really tight community, but I was also in Scouts. I was an Eagle Scout and yeah. always just kind of had that. A long line of military heritage in my family, yeah. on both sides of the family. And so 9-11 happens, and oh my goodness, what's going on? You know, we all were old yeah, enough yeah. to remember where we were. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went about a week after 9-11 and signed up at the recruiter's office to mm. join the Navy. And uh, went in the Navy, did my tour there, uh, got out and came back home. So I never was going to be in a career, didn't, yeah, didn't yeah. want to make it a career. Uh, it was just a thing to serve my country. Um, did a lot of music while I was in the Navy, actually. Led worship <laughs> on the ship. That's right, right. Uh, uh, yeah, a base, a chapel at the, at the base, and then a church when we were in port. And I went. So that continued. That, that never that thread of, of music never went away, even through that. And yeah. um, uh, got out and came back to Tallahassee. So that was the second time I left and came home. And this, what year was this would have been? This was 2001. It was, I shipped, see, I... Went to boot camp in December of 2001. Spent Christmas in boot camp, shining my shoes on Christmas morning. Right. Yay. Um, And then deployed to the Middle East in 2002 or 2003. And then came home. I actually got hurt. I fell, had a fall um, through a big opening in a ship in different floors and at that time, we were so the Navy was so overmanned that they were just like, "Yeah, you're a little banged up, but we're just going to give you an honorable discharge. So mm. here's all your benefits, and see ya." Like, okay. You did your deployment. We're happy. Bye. Oh, huh, so two thousand great. So two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand four, two thousand four. Okay. Yeah, it was after deployment. I didn't get hurt on deployment. It was after we got back. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Safely in port, doing nothing, <laughs> and you get hurt. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. That, that's the war story you don't tell. That's like, you know, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So post Navy, you get out of the Navy, you're back in Tallahassee. You're supposed to be here six months and now 16 years later, you're still here. So how does that happen? Oh, it's Tallahassee. That's how it happens. It it is, there is a mag lab here. There is a mag lab. It's, yes, it's very strong. Why did uh, I bring this up? Why if you want to know more about it, hit me up later. Look for my hashtag, sure, mag lab. Sure. Um, 
No, it's um, I was married. Uh, so my I was married the first time, my first wife mm-hmm. at the time. Um, during before and then during my time in the service, um, and we um had a, a daughter together after I got back, um, moved back to Tallahassee, um, so kind of that kind of when we realized we we're gonna have a child, I was like, oh, I need to, I need a job. Yeah, like yeah. I can't just hang out here for six months. We'll figure out where we go. Like I need to make money now. Mm. And it was just kind of that, you know, that classic story, you know, you baby child, yeah. you know, you got to do that. And then it led to buying a house mm-hmm. and then it led to that. And then I actually had my, started my own landscape business, which ended up growing and doing really well for about 13 years. And, um, things just happened really quickly. And suddenly over a decade went by and I realized yeah, yeah. here we are. Um, there's not really a big, there's not really anything big and interesting to that. Why I'm here. It's just, I'm here. So the, the, the James, I guess I'm interested in, I'm interested in all the James. Thank you. But when I first met you, um, when you came and filled in for drums for mm-hmm. Jared, um, on when we were still at Yak, um, immediately my perception of you was, okay, um, this guy, has got. I remember even thinking to myself, not to not no pun intended here. This guy's got a story <laughs> because I could tell. Like, about, it gets interesting though after the Navy. So, okay, so there's there's a lot. Go finish what you're saying. Well, I was gonna say like the guy that I met at Yak had right. been through some stuff mm-hmm. and has was completely yeah. in, uninterested in, in anything related to. I didn't get the I don't believe in God vibe. I just got the feeling of I don't want anything to do with church vibe. That's exactly the vibe I was putting out. So what I was what I'm trying to pull out of you is so to speak is where do you go from 13 year old boom 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 I'm doing good I'm playing music I'm fine like I'm I'm you know relationship with God's yeah. good go to um, the Navy get back family life and there's like this 16 year time period and you start from say this point in life and you get to that morning at yat right now i see who you are now which is a year and a half almost Almost two two years years later later, completely different guy from that guy so there's this like wave you've been riding for the last sure you know 16 years so um yeah when we when when you and i kind of connected uh when i first came to red hills at yat with jared and we went to we hung out that one night the three of us hung out um, and I was pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> I think I even said, oh, yeah. Hey, I, I like you, but I'm not coming to your church or right. I'm not getting, I'm not getting regularly involved. And yeah, right. so that's, that's definitely the vibe I was putting out. Um, I think it was a combination of, um, things that, that played into that, uh, how I got to that, that point where I, I, where I was at that time was I did not want anything to do with the church. I was disillusioned with what we in America call church and what I saw not just at the church I grew up in, but at every church I had been to visited, consulted for, you know, helped with worship, all that stuff. I kept seeing the same thing over and over. And I was like, this is not, I just don't see this in scripture. And there was, there had also been some hurt from um, a a church community um, when I got divorced I was kind of the first of my generation to life to fall apart. Mm. Um, 
and things to just unravel as they sometimes do. Yeah. And because I was the first of this whole generation of people, nobody knew how to deal with it. And um, there was just a lot of a lot of immaturity. We were all young, you know. I got married young the first time, but everybody was was young and just just a lot of hurt. And um, as a, as as life began to move forward, continued to to. Uh, to just take one foot in front of the other, uh, Mandy and I met years later and and uh, started dating and and um, gotten kind of plugged back into a church again, uh, doing some worship temporarily, helping a church get their worship program up and running, and then slid over to by coincidence and chance over to Element Three Church and was helping lead worship over there for a while and with under the worship pastor and um. <clears throat> some of those old relationships and, and old things popped up and, and um, some hurt and some, you know, it's Tallahassee, a small town. Sometimes people just, you know, your granddad and my granddad didn't like each other back oh. in the day. And yeah, so yeah. therefore we don't like each other. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was some sin on my own part. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, so a lot of that led to me going, okay, what is this all about? And I felt like I, I think I think I got to a point where I had this paradigm shift of going, well, if I if if this isn't what the church is supposed to be in scripture, and if I'm if and I, I have a real problem with this, then I need to just remove myself from it. Because mm. what and started happening was I found that there was a part of me that was enabling that culture. There was a part of me that was a part of it. I was part of the problem. Hmm. And that was the rise of the church production, the Hmm. church show, the church spectacle, the experience Mm -hmm. of Sunday morning instead of the substance of it. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with the lights and the... You know all that stuff, and the and the and the music and the drums and the da 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 da. But when that's the focus and there's no substance to it, there there we have problems. No, yeah. And so you know, I found I had to be honest with myself that I had aspirations for you know greatness, you know, for being a, a celebrity worship leader or being a Christian rock star or something. And you know, you, you put all that together in the soup, and it was just a recipe for for, for alienation. Hmm. Um, it was a recipe for <clears throat> me to continue to slide. Not, I want to say slide. That's a bad word for this. Backslide. No, because <laughs> that's that's not it at all. Uh, it was a recipe for for me to continue to move away from community mm-hmm. and to be more and more isolated from from a uh, uh, a biblical community mm-hmm. and. Um, I think there's some some valid concerns and valid reasons to step out of what I had been in before, but there was also some um, just some hubris, honestly, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of hubris on my part. Um, and instead of saying, "Hey, you know what? I was part of the problem," where I see the problem, it's it's easy to point at and go yeah, yeah, da, yeah. da 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 instead right, of right. doing something about it. Yeah, and so, you know, in my head, the solution was, "Well, just go your own way and do your own, you know." Be your own man for a while. Hmm. So enter Red Hills Church. Enter well, Jared. Enter Collier. Jared Collier. Yes. So um, Jared and I had been during that during that hiatus from being in community. I you know I was still I still had a one one finger in worship. I'd get a friend would call me who's a worship pastor to come help him at this other church. So I helped 
for a couple months at this one church and then another yeah, church yeah, and yeah. have a big gap. And then one day, uh, you know, Jared had moved back to town and uh, from, I think from Arizona, from Arizona, from Tucson. And he said, Hey, um, well, this is the first time he invited me to Red Hills and he invited me to Red Hills. And, and I, and this, he says, this is church. And, uh, you know, it meets right by your house at the Zumba place. And oh, yeah, uh, you could, right. so I can, right. I could yeah. walk there. And I was like, yeah. I was like, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm not really interested. He goes, all right. He tried the same thing with me. Yeah. So work. then like two years later, he, you know, we, we kept in touch, but two yeah. years later out of the blue, he just asked me again, like in, it was like in May of 2018. Hey man, um, can you come and, and help just play drums, fill in for the summer, you know, just, just augment what we're doing just to help. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm happy to help you out. So I went in to get that and helped and had a good time the first Sunday. Um, really, th- I mean, I enjoyed it. It was, you know, it was another, it was just to me at the time, it was just another church and yeah, yeah. doing the thing again. And, um, he asked me again and I said, sure. And I did it again. And, and then it was, I think it was right after the second time I was there or something that we hung out, yeah, you, yeah. you mean him hung out. And at the time I, I just had absolutely zero, zero interest whatsoever in becoming a part of a church. Yeah, I, just, I was there to help Jared, my friend. Yeah. Really liked Red Hill, such y'all were cool people, but that's as far as it went. You're, con- you're still to this day convinced that Jared and I concocted a plan to meet with you. 100%. Absolutely no plan I at still all. Believe- <laughs> no, we're not, that, we're not that clever. You're giving us too much uh, credit. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so he you know invites me and, and you know, I'm hanging out and playing drums and at Yat and... Um, Getting started to come, you know, every two three weeks I'm there, and it, it ends up being most of the summer, and and um, and then we then had the first uh, family update, mm. and the th- always gets people. Yeah, well, it got me because yeah. the first family update was like, oh, look at all these things that like, oh my goodness, this is a big part of why I don't want to be in community, and now this church is doing it the way that I think Scripture says to do it. Mm. This is pretty cool, and I remember telling Jared, I said, hey. I'll continue to help you guys after the summer as long as you need my help. Hmm. I still wasn't going to join the church or be a part of it, but I was like, I'm here at your disposal because I think what you guys are doing is authentic. And I think you're really, you're doing what scripture seems to say to really do. So, yeah. And I stuck around. You stuck around. Well, you've been here for for a while, right? So what? Stuck around, yeah. So that leads us to maybe around late 2018, early 2019. Well, I wasn't going to come to Northside Center. I think I had told Jared that I wasn't going to follow you, you guys. To you told me that. I told you that. Yeah, was yeah, you, for sure. That I wasn't going to come. Yeah, yeah. You were like, no. It was, there was a link to Wildwood. I, I can't remember all the reasoning that you had concocted in your brain why not to come. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I wasn't going to go, and and then I went. The, I think I went. I think I wasn't going to go, and then Jared went up there and checked it out and texted me while he was there and said, "You got to come up here." So I, I was like, "All right, I'll, fine." I'll just drive up there. I went up there and looked at it, and I was like, oh, this place is pretty cool. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll help them through the transition because it's going to be a big. Yeah, I'll yeah. just help them through the first few weeks, and just then some, I'm. You're just I'm a nice done. guy. I'm just being a nice I'm a nice guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyway, I stuck around, kept coming, and then I started coming on Sundays. On your own. On our own, me and mm-hmm. Mandy, when, with, without being scheduled to play. Right. Joined our community group, I think, too. Uh, yeah, we did. We, yeah, we came to your yeah. community group. Yeah, I knew I had you then. That's when, yes. we, that's when the hook was actually <laughs> officially set. 
April got her talons in Mandy. Yeah, exactly. That's how it yeah. really that's what it did. You yeah. and April. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I joined the started coming to hang around a community group and you know, the little thing the things and then um and and then all of a sudden Hurricane Michael yep. happens and this is where the story takes a turn. family had the, the uh, own the hotel at Mexico Beach her extended family on her mom's side and then so that had obviously all and some other property damage just desolation down there and then the storm went up into Mariana like right over where she grew up and all the family are so you know we've got all this I mean natural disaster right on our doorstep and yeah, yeah. Um, God really ended up using Hurricane Michael to um, awaken something deep down inside of me that he had planted a long time ago. He actually planted when I was 14 or 15 years old. Mm. So to back up, um, before we continue back when I was a teenager, um, I, I was 14 or 15. I remember a guest preacher had come into the church and talked about something. And I just remember very distinctly feeling I was a new, I was a brand new believer. I mean, I was young, very distinctly. Remember the voice felt the voice of the Lord in my heart saying, at some point later in life, I've got a job for you to do. I've got something that I, 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 I'm going to have you do. So just hang out till then, right. you know. Okay. I, I don't know what that was. So I mean, fast forward. So Hurricane Michael happened. And, um, you know, I don't want to get too much into that per time, but, you know, we were just going door to door doing search and rescue. You were, you went with, you yeah, came that one day. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you yeah. came out one day and saw it. And you, I mean, you came two days after. Things the worst, yeah. yeah, after the worst of the worst. And, yeah, yeah. and it was as horrible as what yeah, you saw. Yeah. It was terrible. And um, it was like somebody flipped a switch inside of me. I, in my military days, my deployment, my, you know, all my training kicked in. And I was just like a on autopilot or as a robot. And mm-hmm. I mean, sure, our family was always taken care of. But then I was going out in the middle of nowhere, door to door. And we got in that one situation that was a little dicey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um but God really used that. I didn't see it at the time, but God was really using that to soften me, to awaken, to awaken something in me, to mm. break this shell that I had built up over so many years, over, I mean, over a decade of not being in community, this hard outer shell. Mm-hmm. Um, he started using it to soften me. And then about a month later, <clears throat> I'm at my, um, sitting at my desk at work and I work in an, in an architecture studio. So it's an open room with a bunch of people all over the place. There's no dividers. It's not cubicles. It's just, you know, there you are, God yeah, and country. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm listening. To, I have the music, ear, earbuds in. I'm listening to the worship set for the coming Sunday because I was going to play drums. And it was like all of a sudden, a hammer. God just w- hit me with a hammer right in my chest. And it just woke me up. I mean, I, I, like I can remember, I can remember almost audibly hearing a voice saying, wake up. Mm. Like, Phew. And felt like a giant brass key got put in my chest and just like a big padlock just unlocked everything. And I just started sobbing <laughs> right, in the middle of, right in the middle of my yeah. office, right in the middle of all these, you know, these people. And, um, you know, and, and the profession I work in is a, is a really is a very much a godless profession for the most part. And so that was a, it was a pretty dark place to be, to have that kind of, um, awakening, awakening. And how do you explain that to your coworkers, which is pretty interesting, (laughs) but, um, you know, just this, 
this very profound moment where everything just flooded back and the shell just kind of crumbled and just kind of fell mm-hmm. away. Now, don't be wrong. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still in some ways pretty rough around the edges and all that stuff. And no, really? <laughs> <laughs> but um, that shell, that, that, that thing, that barrier yeah, yeah, just yeah. kind of went yeah. gone. And it was, it became very, very clear to me that God not just said, wake up, but he said, now he just said, I'm activating you. I'm turning, I'm turning you on flipping the switch. Mm-hmm. And I want you to follow follow me. I want you to do what I want you to cast your net or, or throw yeah, yeah. away your net and follow me. Okay. And at the time, I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea. But I do remember like two weeks later having a conversation, reaching out to Marshall finally and, and saying, hey, man, I think um, God has put a calling on my life to ministry like in a real profound way. And Marshall said, yeah, I think so too. And uh, Which is weird because we'd never talked about it at all together whatsoever yeah. up to, at that point. And uh, I still, I didn't know what that meant at that time. I didn't know that it was what I'm, things that I'm doing, at least even right now. Mm-hmm. But, um, so just started to move in that direction and started to go, whatever that means, whatever I got to do, whatever, whatever I, just, I just need to go and just move forward. I mean, I don't, I don't, it kind of the way I have to describe it is, is not so much like Jonah and the whale, because it wasn't like God had to force me in that direction. I didn't have a big whale swallow right. me and spit me on spit me out on Nineveh because right, you're trying to escape right but it was more like I didn't have a choice in a way and when I mean by to quantify that no, no. of course I had a choice to say no God I'm gonna go do my own thing and I'm gonna run away and I'm gonna live in in a sin in a sinful way myself I didn't have a choice because God changed my heart and I didn't want to go another direction yeah yeah, yeah. you know what I mean yeah, so yeah. like God said I want you to do this I want you to move in this direction yeah. and my heart said okay I'm going, and mm-hmm. I had no motivation to go anywhere else. So, mm-hmm. in a sense, there was no choice. There was no choice. All right, yeah. all right. So, you're right. This was. What, do you remember what part of 2019, 2018? This was. This was in November. This was right around Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah, yeah it was right sense. around Thanksgiving time in November. I'm up a little over oh, six weeks after yeah. Michael. Yeah. So Jared leaves. He has to. He gets a job out yep. in California. So that leaves a. So. Around that time, we had a, you know, if you're not, if you're kind of new to Red Hills and you think we've always been the structured thing that you see, you know, there was a time where it was not, it was not, <laughs> you know, that we, we, we were, we there were was the, literally a time where we didn't know who was going to be playing music on Sunday morning. It wasn't even just the worship team. It was, it extended to so many different areas. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, we were yeah. growing as a church. We were growing in our, you know, in leadership, but we had a void specifically yes at the worship team we, we were we were listless in a sense you know um and that had some i guess left up some ambiguity i guess to who the future of our of our team but we were faithful in knowing that one thing that marshall and i when we talk about like who we're gonna look for in a leader we always just believe that god's gonna bring us someone right we don't have to the faith is we don't have to try to conjure up some go out there and you know make put something out, happen make something right. happen yeah like God's gonna raise somebody right. up out of the midst of our of the congregation right enter James Hughes so what was that like that that transition from when Jared left and you feel this like you said a turning of a brass key 
Yeah, to, I it to, had I had no inclination that it was for worship at that time. Okay. Like it was really just I don't know. I honestly don't know. I I don't I didn't have then and, and I'll be honest, I, I have to, I have to say I, I I don't really still don't have aspiration to be a worship leader. Hmm. I don't aspire to it. Mm-hmm. Um it's a very dangerous thing to say because then no, <laughs> God a, will test you in that. It's a, it's a great, it's a great thing to say. <laughs> but I, I, at that time, it was, um, you know, God's like, you know, drop your net and follow me. Okay, here I go. And um, one thing just kind of led to another, and I mean, it began with just volunteering. But then at first, it began with just taking on the production team. Yeah. Remember doing yeah. some scheduling? I and, you said, hey, Jay, can you just schedule sound? I think what's funny yeah. is I've never run sound at Red Hills. <laughs> yeah. no, I have I never so. one time done production at Red Hills. You haven't? I no, I have never done it. Okay, so we got to get you on the schedule. Just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do the scheduling of that now, and I'm not going to be on the no. yeah. I got other things I got to do. But um, no, it was to kind of just raise up and, and coordinate and schedule that team. And I know you were... You were kind of the central, you and, and then Cody after you were the central people to that at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was kind of like get that up and running. We were at the center. There just there was a lot, it required a lot more than what had been done before. And I think at that time, with all that was going on, that listlessness kind of was yeah, going yeah. on, it was just kind of whatever. So it started there. And then just um, when Jared said he was moving to um, California for that job, I. I went to um, Marshall, and I went to, and I think, I, or maybe I went to you, and I and I talked to Cynthia, who was filling in at the time. I said, "Hey, I want to make myself available every week. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel led to do that." And that was just as a drummer or guitar player, whatever utility I could be. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to be there and help the team. Um, and it, I was there every week. I mean, I didn't get a break until it's like six months like that. Longer. It was longer than that. It was. It was just. It was like, a long time. Anyway, like January. It was a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um. But um, just being in there every week and just helping and being a part of it. And um, one thing led to another. Marshall and I started having lunch regularly and meeting together, and it just kind of developed. Our relationship developed, but this this calling kind of started slowly coming to focus a little bit more, and it seemed to be very clear that that um that God was opening doors for worship, mm. in the direction of worship. And so when that opportunity was there, we just kind of kept taking steps in that direction, and, and, and here we are. Yeah, one step at a time. One step at a time. So what do you think, that's where God kind of has you now, right? Yep. We don't always live in the moment, right? So we, 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 we think, you know, what does God have for us? Where, where am I moving towards, right? Mm-hmm. This is where I've come. Mm-hmm. This is what God doing in me now, but... What is that calling down the road? I mean, where do you see yourself? Not as in like where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah, but where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, well, that's a dangerous thing to say. I mean, sure. when it comes to matters of, of a spiritual nature, um, I think I think the short answer is I don't know. Sure. The long answer is. I think in five years from now, I want to be I want to be in an in a place where I don't I'm not how do I put this I want to be in a place where others are equipped to do the work of ministry. Hmm. So an equipper. <laughs> I, I just came up a new word. That's great. I, I like just... that. No, so I, I that's a that's a hard it's a hard thing to put into words. I I, 
I think five years from now, I would love to be in a place where I am able to step back and not be the face that you recognize a second to Marshall. Hmm. Not because, oh, I don't want to do this, but because I really believe in, in, in continuing to raise up people and equip people to yeah. do what they're called to do. No, that's good. That's good. That's definitely, I don't know if you fit that somewhere in the fivefold ministry, but that we were talking about the other day about the, the, the spirit of the spirit of Barnabas, that encourager, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's something mm-hmm. that people sometimes need to push and some people just need an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome that you're willing to be humble enough to know, oh, let me say, um, I'm strong enough to know your strengths, right? But humble enough to know that you can step back and let other people assume even some of those roles, right? Yeah. To help them grow in their own spiritual gift. Because that's something that the church, you know, the churches I've attended before Red Hills greatly sure. lacked. You know, there's power struggles everywhere. everywhere. You know, nobody's in power. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and so if I had to identify one thing at Red Hills that drew me here was there's a, there was very little egos. Like I didn't see people's pride just like on their shoulder and out, right. on their sleeves. And I was right. like, that's something I need to avoid because you know, that's a, that's an ugly spirit. You know? you know, that was, that was when I, once I got, once I really got plugged in in community within the worship ministry and that was probably around October of 2018 once yeah, we yeah. in the center and all that. I remember, I remember talking to Mandy about it and going, man, this is, this is the first worship ministry that I've been a part of where there wasn't somebody trying to make themselves a celebrity, mm. even within, even with just within their community. Yeah. Yeah. I remember having conversations with Marshall about you and, and like, I remember something clicked in your head. It was a conversation you and had, you and I had had, but I think it flipped in your head that like so many times we go to church when, we, when you have a skill set, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a guitar player or a drummer, drummer's huge. Is there's so few good drummers out there, especially in and churches. And we have, we have like five of them, <laughs> um, three at least. Like we have, we have, you know, we four, have more than that, but they'll stay nameless. But I know who you are. Right, right. Um, <laughs> it's amazing to me of the size of our church, the amount of great musicians that we have. Incredible, actually. But yeah. when you have a skill set and you go to church, the first thing that you're you're weary of is like that that. Well, they yeah. just want to use me for my gifting, yeah. my my ability. And I think it hit you at I don't know when it did. It like, wait, these people don't they're not here for my they actually care about me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That they're not they're we I'm not trying to pump up Red Hills here, but it's one thing that we try to pride ourselves on is like it's about the people. And if you can right. use your gifting in a in a positive way for yeah. our church, that's great. Yeah. But until you're ready to do that, we're perfectly fine. You know? Well, and it's interesting is I I mean, I came to Red Hills specifically right. to lend my gifts. Right. Not to be in community. Right. And it flipped. Yeah. I mean, it, it flipped pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't it was, it was it was pretty fast. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, in going from I don't want anything to do with church, I'm just here to help my buddy out to I'm committing to be here every Sunday and not go on family trips yeah. and do things. That's a it was a it was a, it was a giant. That was a big yeah. big change. Well, when the light comes on, you can see. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. The way I mean, you described the shell coming off of you, I immediately went, 
at least to Paul's scales, scales on his, his eyes. eyes. Yeah, yeah, right. And his eyes right. were open, and he immediately was empowered to go and preach in the right. synagogue. Fortunately, you know, I was me. not slaughtering Christians up until that time. Right, yeah. in your own way, you were. I mean, yeah, you know, knock <laughs> no. him dead. <laughs> That's right. But no, I mean that 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 slow erosion of the man who you were. Right. And the building up of the man you are. Yeah. And then the one you're going to be. Like that sanctification. That's what we're supposed to be. Yeah. You know, that's what we're doing, right? Well, is it, you know, that, that uh, sanctification, but the discipleship too. Right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was, you know, that was something also that I had had very, li- had a very little discipleship in my upbringing within um, worship. And, and having always been a part of worship within mm. the church at large, discipleship was was very rare. I mean, I got the most the most that I got at one time was at uh, was a, from a worship pastor at Element Three Church. Well, Mr. James Shoes, thank you for talking with me tonight. <laughs> this time, <laughs> this time, um, you're a blessing. Thank you. Thank you for all that you give to Red Hills. I, you know, I don't think people quite know sometimes the sacrifices that um, our team leaders make to, to, to make Red Hills what it is. And I want you to know that it doesn't go unnoticed. Um, Thank you. And you are um, a blessing to us and to our family. And we are so excited for you to be here. Thank you. Love you, brother. Love you too.